Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Station now number one for podcasting. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Dinner on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Bottom of the hour, Dave Sproul. He covers Iowa State for KASI in Story County. 1430 on the AM dial, by the way. Iowa State, K-State kickoff has been announced. Big Fox, middle of the afternoon, a week from Saturday, 3 o'clock on the, what is that, 21st, right? 21st, uh, 3 o'clock. K-State, Iowa State, 3 o'clock game on Fox. Of course, the game's down the hall here on the bus. Dot, dot, dot. Bama Bob joins us as we go around college football. Bama, Trent, and Ken, pretty good weekend of college football, was it not? Yeah, hard to complain about that one, Ken. Um, you know, you had the, the the marquee game, if you will, the primetime game with Notre Dame and Clemson, even though it was interrupted. But, you know, we understand there's more important things going on in the world. Yeah. Um, lived up to the billing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was just one where you, you hoped it would would live up to it, and it certainly did. And another, you know, few more surprising results. But it was it was good to have the Pac-12 back, even though they were missing a couple of games. But you know, the, it started early with you know USC and Arizona State, and and ended late with Washington State and Oregon State. So can't really not too much to complain about. And a good one Friday too. Yeah, well, no, we did. BYU opened up some eyes. This Zach Wilson, what a season he is putting Holy together. Crap. I mean, who do, I I want to see BYU in Cincinnati as a yeah, playing game, a bra- bracket yeah. buster, a bracket buster. Absolutely, I totally agree. I mean, and and you know, I, listen, this Notre Dame Clemson situation is really interesting now, especially if they meet again with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson wins. So, are you just going to totally discount the first game? Are you going to, uh, you know, give Notre Dame credit for winning? Um, that that's got a lot, that's got a lot of uh, dynamic to it. But yeah, I'm with you. I think. I mean, I I don't know if I tweeted, it, texted, it or whatever. I'm like, man, give me Cincinnati BYU as a playoff play in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially this year, uh, Ohio State's going to, especially if Ohio State loses a game. I mean, the Big 12's done. The Pac-12 doesn't have enough, you know, data points. I don't think, even though there's maybe a good team or two out there. I mean, if if any year can, let it be this year. What happens? If Florida beats Alabama in the mm. SEC championship game, Wait, they, they looked good on on Saturday. Jeez, they can score. Yeah. The defense uh, still has their issues. Better though this Better. week. Uh, maybe it was Georgia's offense. They win at fifty six fifty five though. Bama's still getting in in a loss like that to Florida. Florida's obviously getting in, and Notre Dame loses by two scores against Clemson in the rematch. Mm. Are we talking about the Irish on the outside looking in? Mm. Well, that's that's the big question to me. Um, I, listen. I think that game, I, I think Trevor Lawrence would have made a difference. 
okay, um, as well as DJ played, mm-hmm. uh, there were some throws down there, especially you know where they had to settle for field goals, where he threw behind guys. And listen, you don't know if Lawrence is going to make those plays. You assume he will, but you don't know for sure. To, to me, the story out of that really, there's two things: is was Clemson's defense. And I know they were missing a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, in addition to Lawrence, three starters on right. defense. But it's 2020. Everybody's missing player. Yep. I mean, you know, Alabama lost Jalen Waddle, and you know, Florida had to have games canceled. And I mean, there's just it's just what it is this year. Um, and then the way Notre Dame was able to you know, their offense really, I thought Ian Book played really well. Yeah, I did they too. Were, they were, I mean, that's that's the best game. And granted, I'm not a you know, I watch a lot of a ton of Notre Dame football when they're playing, you know, Wake Forest and Boston College and Louisville, and but. By far the best game I've seen him play as a collegian, but that's the big question to me. I don't, I don't throw this game out and say, oh, well, you know that. Listen, you know that's a nice win, but if Lawrence plays, they they lose. I think Lawrence would have been a factor, but I don't totally discount that win just because Trevor Lawrence didn't play. All right, boys, let's go around the Power Five conferences as we always do. We start in the ACC, where we. We've been talking a lot about the ACC, so we'll move the, move on from that one. Uh, but let's talk about some of the other ones. What got your attention, Trent Condon, in the ACC this week? It was Virginia Tech going down in for Oof. Fuente, Justin Fuente, who I loved that hire. Taking over for Beamer, this is going to be the guy that is maybe even going to take Virginia Tech up a level. They've had and some how success. how they lost? You block a field goal, you run it back, you're going to win this game. No, 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 bring yeah. it back. And Hugh Freeze. Tried to freeze the quarter, the kicker. I know they're not yeah. part of the ACC here, but they're 7-0. and Throw them in the mix, too. We get Liberty Coastal Carolina coming up here in a couple of weeks. Do we really? Possibility of undefeated there in, in a crazy on a, season. Not on a Saturday. Please tell me it's I'm not, not sure what, what date it is, but I know it's coming up here in a few weeks. Hugh Freeze. Bama, we've talked about it before. He is going to be back on a sideline somewhere, if he'd like, in the ACC or Tennessee, SEC. Tennessee, maybe, fellas? Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's an interesting dynamic there with Freeze because a lot of that's going to have to do with Greg Sankey because mm, you know yeah. there was a lot of stuff that went on at Ole Miss mm-hmm. that that the SEC didn't like and you know they they got you know kind of hammered for it you know so to clean everything up they went out and hired Lane Kiffin. <laughs> um, but listen, Jeremy Pruitt without question is on the hot seat. That yeah. game against Arkansas was ugly. Um, I think Muschamp is is done at South Carolina. That I mean, you you cannot lose forty eight to three at home, and I mean that that program is it's just going nowhere, guys, and it hasn't been. And I think he is just proving that he is a coordinator. I mean, he's an excellent coordinator on the defensive side. He is not a head coach, uh, at least in a power, you know, in a, in a SEC school. So those two jobs are going to be the ones that everybody going to be looking at. Of the two, Tennessee to me is much better because South Carolina, you're going up against Clemson right now. Um, but Hugh Freeze would, I think, would take any of them if offered. I, I just don't know how much his past at Ole Miss, and it's only been two years, is is really going to affect um, his ability to win a job in that conference. But there's no question the guy can coach. He's doing this with Malik Willis, who is a guy that Auburn threw away at quarterback. Um so that tells you that he can develop guys. And listen, they're not playing crazy schedules, but they're playing, you know, two ACC teams on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Got them both. So you, you, 
you can't overlook that. So uh, I think he will get a job at some point, ACC, SEC more than likely. Um, it's just the SEC right now. And, and let's throw out Vanderbilt. Nobody's dumb enough to take that Vanderbilt job. Um, that's just a loser. Um, but it's just going to be a matter of if, if Sankey and the SEC are going to let him back in this soon. All right, let's go to the Big 12, fellas. By the way, file away for this Friday. I'm guessing we'll talk about Boston College and Notre Dame. Will there be a letdown? Boston College is a pretty good football team. Clint Foley's not walking through those doors. Okay, fine. Uh, But still, we're going to talk about it on Friday. I think it's it's got a chance to be close. Uh, Takeaways, Bama, we'll start with you from the Big 12 was what? West Virginia's better than I thought. Way better. Um, And got screwed big time. I think so too. That was pass interference all day long in the end zone at the end. All day. And I just, listen, you hate to say one play costs the team a game because all the coaches always go back. I hate that. I hate that's a tired argument to me because whatever happened up till that point happened. And if you adjudicate that play correctly, West Virginia likely wins that game. Um, Or at least has a shot. For sure, um, Oklahoma State, Kansas State's better than I thought they were. I mean, that was a really inspired defensive effort by Kansas State. Um, all that said, I still I know Oklahoma's coming on and they they blew out Kansas, whatever that means. Um, I for my money, that was a really good win by Iowa State over Baylor. I thought. Uh, listen, Charlie Brewer, tough as nails. Oh, yeah, yes, just, he is. Oh my God, love that guy, and I just. I hope he just makes it through a season without another injury because he's had concussion before yeah. and one more hit and you know who knows what can happen to that poor kid but man he is just tough. All that said, I'm still on the Iowa State Oklahoma State bandwagon as being the two best teams in the Big 12. I know Oklahoma's coming. I know Iowa State's going to prove it in Austin. But to me they both just keep doing what they need to do and uh I just think that that those two teams, you know, West Virginia is better than I thought. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, for me, right now, still the two best teams in that time. Trent, take away from the Big 12. 17 13. Yeah. 2018. Where in the world is Mike Leach? Where is the Big 12 offense that we <laughs> grew so accustomed to seeing? I guess it just moved a little bit to the southeast there to the SEC because. This is not the Big yeah. 12 football we've seen no. for a very long time. And I like it way it's better. Great I'll be honest with it's you. It's good football yep. right now. Yep, it's, I'm with it's you. Complete football. Great. Yep. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, fellas, let's move on. Let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, who's up? I think it's uh, it's you, uh, Trent Condon. Yeah. Big Ten takeaway. Oh, Scotty Frost. Eesh. Had a chance at the end. You know what? I think they got their quarterback, McCaffrey. I'll be shocked if McCaffrey doesn't play this week. Martinez with the throw into the end zone that was picked off early in the fourth quarter. Just, it, you it can't was, make that throw. Triple no, coverage. You can't. And yeah. it was McCaffrey after that. Now, why didn't they use McCaffrey before that in different roles as they mm-hmm. had before that? I think that's still a good question there. What do you do if you're Nebraska, though? In this season, you limp along and you finish 4-5, and 3-6. and six. You just keep running it you're back. Lucky. It's your guy. If you're lucky. And you just keep going that route. This is not what we were sold. We we no. heard there was a fake national championship coach making his way to Nebraska. And I don't know. Is this just the reality of Nebraska football? Maybe they can have some blips, but that's going to be about it going forward for this program. Mm. Your takeaway, Bama, from Big Ten? Yeah, I'm with you on Nebraska. I think those glory days are over. Um, long over. Long over. And... Listen, it's just modern college football. I mean, it's just, you know, listen, kids that are coming out today, could, you know, wouldn't know Tom Osborne, who he was, mm-hmm. you know, from anybody right now. So those days are long gone. Uh, they got problems there. They got problems in Michigan. 
Um, you know, Indiana is, I think Indiana is better than we thought. I think, you know, Trent, I mean, I think we both thought that Michigan would win. They got more talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said Friday, I'm not sure they got the better coach. Now I know they don't have the better coach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what it is with Jim Harbaugh and why he can't, you know, sustain momentum, whatever you want to call it. But it, listen, his, I, I don't know if the NFL wants him back either. He might be costing he might be costing himself an NFL job, but the way he he just can't develop a quarterback. I mean, Milton, we saw him in the week one, everybody got all excited and he just regresses. So um, you know, that's a to me that's a story that you know, Maryland, how about Tagovailoa? I mean, yes. all of a sudden we got another one. Yep. And Sean Clifford was good in that game too. He had to throw it. He was yeah. He was, and, and, you know, 340 yards, three three touchdowns. Wow, is that what he had? I didn't but, realize it was that many. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, again, you know, you can't run the ball. I mean, the right. leading rusher in the game was, was Jake Funk from Maryland. I think he had, you know, under 100. I mean, mm-hmm. you just – you can't – I don't know. They, I, I don't – again, I don't know how much is affected by COVID, but, you know, let's just forget about all that. When you just look at it right now, how would you like to be Fox and have to sell 0-2 Nebraska against 0-3 Penn State up against the Masters this Saturday? Mm. I mean, that's that's a tough sale at noon Eastern. So, um, I don't – listen, those teams are – they've got lost seasons right now, both Nebraska and Penn State and Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin is going to have a maximum of, what, six games mm-hmm. this year? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't care if they run the table. That's not enough data points for me. The positives – Got to be Indiana Northwestern. I mean, those two and Maryland. Maryland is is better than I thought they would be. Um, but in, to me, Indiana Northwestern are the two, the two stories in that conference right now. Both three and zero. You know, atop their divisions. Uh, but let's go to the Pac-12. Here's one of the stories I think to watch because I guess Washington State had 32 guys out with COVID and they didn't let anybody know. Uh, will the Pac-12? Uh, will Commissioner Larry Scott do anything? We'll we'll see. Oregon looked really good. You know what was an amazing story in the uh, in the Colorado UCLA game? Colorado's quarterback was playing safety last year. Kid by the name of yeah. Sam Neuer. New staff comes in there. They say, you know what? No, we don't want you on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to try a quarterback, and he was really good. Uh, the first game of the day, though, Bama, you alluded to it. Boy, Herm, I thought he was going to pick off. I, I thought mm-hmm. that they were going to win. Uh, USC scores two touchdowns in, what, the final two minutes or whatever it was, including getting the ball back at an onside kick. Fun to watch. Started well, ended well. Pac-12 at least going late into the night. Your, your takeaway on that conference. Yeah, I thought that. I mean, listen, these two teams were, we thought, the two best teams in the South, and I think they proved it. Yep. Arizona State had, did everything but win the game. Now, listen, USC, you know, <laughs> I had 56 in the total, so they're, you know, more. <laughs> Missed it by <laughs> one. That. Yeah, for whatever that's worth. Um, but yeah, you know, a fumble into the end zone, a couple red zone turnovers, so it might not have be as close as it looked. But I think Arizona State's coming, Ken. I really do. I like the quarterback. They've got a couple of really nice freshman running backs. It's just a young team to me that, for whatever reason, couldn't finish. But you look at them, and they look like a real football team. I mean, they, they're big. They're physical. Um, I had forgotten Marvin Lewis is on that yeah, staff. Antonio yes. Pierce is on that staff. Yeah. I mean, and I thought the comment, maybe it was Joel Platt, who I'm not a huge fan of, but – 
He made really? a great point. Wow, it surprises me. Yeah, I just, um, you know, he throws too much shade at the SEC, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. uh, we need more it's, of this. It's, it's deserved the last couple of years, so yeah. okay. Um, I, I thought he made a great point. Herm Edwards doesn't need to be doing this. Marvin yeah. Lewis doesn't need to be doing this. Right. Antonio Pierce probably doesn't need to be doing this. I mean, they've, they've all made their money there in their 60s. They could just, you know be on easy street, but what they've done is they've, they've wanted to come back. They wanted to make a difference for whatever reason they picked Arizona state. I think that program is on the rise. It's just that they couldn't finish. And the other thing to me, what does UCLA do? I mean, yeah. you mentioned that's just a game you have to win. And Chip Kelly, you know, again, another big splash iron yeah. that we thought would be great in that conference, especially, and has just done nothing. I mean, you've got, You've got Harbaugh, you've got, you know, Tom Herman a little bit, Frost for sure, Chip Kelly. I mean, what are these guys doing? I mean, these teams are paying outrageous sums of money, and they're getting nothing for recovery. Less miles. Less miles, right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, listen, if you're Kansas, you got to take a swing Oh, at sure. That. Yeah, but, I get it, but just I mean, big-name coaches. It, but it's just, it's just not happening, especially when – when Puka opted out or, or quit or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. uh, after two or three games, I mean, they, they've got no shot. That, that is the least talented Power 5 team, I think, in the country. Anything on the Pac-12, Trent? Uh, it was the Chip Kelly. That's what I had in my notes there. That it isn't going to work. Yeah, uh, how about SEC for you? For the SEC, uh, Brock Vandegrift. Cannot get to Georgia soon enough. He is uh, the number one player in the country at the quarterback position who is committed to Georgia. They need him there in a big way because they can't score in today's SEC. And if you can't do that, no matter how good your defense is, you're not going to win at the highest level. No, my guy Sam Pittman got another win, and I'm telling you, Bama, this this A&M team is – I don't think they're – I know they're not Alabama good. But might they be the best – the second best team in the SEC, Bama? You talking about Texas A&M? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I think so. Um, listen, they already beat Florida, so, I mean, that's, you know, a notch. Yeah. The problem is, I don't know if they're going to get to prove it. because I don't think Alabama they will. Drops, if they drop two games, um, is what Alabama has to do. I mean, and by the way, they are a 22-point favorite on the road in Baton Rouge this week. I cannot wrap my mind around It's up around to 24 that. now. Is it really 24? Is it really? Yeah. I mean, um what time what is that, that game? game it's, it's a weird time. Five is o'clock. It? That's what I thought. Right yeah. after the Masters. Five Central, yeah. Oh, okay. So they, the Masters will go off because it'll be dark oh, in Georgia by why. six. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, how about that for a day for CBS? <laughs> really? So, I mean, third round of the Masters and, you know. But anyhow, um, yes, I think A&M might be the second best. Although, I'm telling you, Florida, Kyle yeah. Trask is, is, you know, is doing his Joe Burrow impression. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was – he was great. I will say, though, that once Pitts got taken out of that game, and, and that's what happened. That was uh, awful, Bama. It was. Yep. And, listen, I, I'm, I'm glad the defender, who I can't remember the kid's name, whoever took him and whoever took him out of that game, I'm glad he's not hurt because that was a dangerous play yeah, for both of them. It was. But he should get another game, in my opinion, because I will allow for the fact that he wasn't necessarily going for a headshot because you could see, you know, that it was the old helmet going lower. But he was full speed, defenseless receiver, leading with his helmet, going for center mass against a defenseless receiver. His goal at that point was to, in my opinion, was to knock Kyle Pitts out of that game, and he did. And I know he got 
you know, he was injured, so he was probably going out of that game anyway. He should get another game for that. That was that that is the type of hit that every level of football is trying to get out from the pros to college to high school to Pee Wee. You get that hit out of the game, but the point being, without Pitts, Florida was was pretty pedestrian. Six points in the second half. Um, so he makes does he make that much of a difference? I don't know, but it, it's hard to argue the results. Um, but yeah, and then Arkansas. You mentioned your boy Pittman, twenty four to thirteen over Tennessee, and then you know South Carolina again. I think that's awesome. it for Muschamp. I really do. I don't see how he uh, again COVID everything that's this year. I don't know. They were dealt no favors with the schedule when it was reshuffled. So, you know, they've, they've got a tough go of it, but 48 to three at home, it's just people aren't going to put up with that down here. So we're uh top four is the same, right? Well, I, hang on a second. Maybe uh, Alabama, yeah. Notre Dame, yeah. Ohio State. Who's your four, TC? It's still Clemson. Come on. Okay. They lost an overtime, a double overtime game on the road to the team that's ranked now number two okay. without their starting quarterback, without two of their defensive starters. Make a compelling case for somebody else. I can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bama, how about you? I got Alabama. I got Ohio State. Um I got Clemson third, and then I got Notre Dame. And I know it may be just semantics. Again, I think with all the the players Clemson was missing, if you put them at full strength, uh, I think they're a better football team. I know they – listen, scoreboard is scoreboard. I get it. I just think they're a better team. You mentioned Florida and Texas A&M. They're right there knocking if anybody stumbles. Yep. And BYU, man. BYU Cincy. Way, they just blew Boise out. And you mentioned Wilson at quarterback. That guy is legit, Ken. Yep. I mean, he is. You go into Boise and you win by that margin. Um, that's impressive. So Cincinnati, again, you know, we don't. Do we know? We don't know. But you wish they could have played Ohio State or somebody like that, you know, like they sometimes do early in the year. But uh, that's mine. Alabama, Ohio State. I still got Clemson third, Notre Dame fourth. So you're going to hear a lot of buzz, and it'll continue to build with BYU here in the coming weeks. They but play if, nobody left, right? I mean, no, they're done, right? It's yeah, garbage. That's the problem. And, and as a whole, it's been garbage. I mean, they're taking on the 14 quarterback from mm-hmm. Boise State. It's a road victory, but that's not a great Boise team. If there is a team, if you want to get goofy, that is going to have it, somebody I mentioned earlier, it's Liberty. They've already beat Syracuse, Virginia what have they, what Tech. What have they got left? They get NC State still, yeah. and then that Coastal Carolina game at yeah. the end of the year. If you want to go goofy... Your argument's not BYU. Look at Hugh Freeze's Liberty Flames. That's the team that'll have, I think, a more compelling argument if you're really going to go wild for the fourth. When spot. do they have NC State? A couple weeks. Do they? Yep. Uh, Bam Knight's having a hell of a year. He's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, RC. All right, guys, one game this weekend. We've got one minute left. Is there one game that you, more than the others, Bama, you can't say Alabama LSU? <laughs> Why not, Ken? <laughs> um, yeah, you know... It's it's really hard to pick one for me. I'm I'm looking at it. I mean, it, it usually always starts out Alabama LSU for me. But you're right. This year it's just it's just lost a little bit. It really, um, yeah. Penn State Nebraska just because of the car wreck factor. Yeah, but it's it's you know yeah maybe you know uh, you know I'll give you one. Okay. And, you know again just my guilty pleasure it has nothing to do with. I mean how about <laughs> I'm going to the North same place. At, Couldn't agree with you North more. Northwestern at Purdue. That's my I mean, game too. I mean. Listen, both of them undefeated, yep. and 
I know they don't have the, the big brand like Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan, but those teams are gone now. Yep. I mean, how about we just watch somebody who still has a fighting chance? And big, that game's on Big Ten Network. It is. A shame. It should it should be on a, on a bigger scale. I think. Big Ten West supremacy on the line, Trent Condon. Uh, if we get this game, I want to see Wisconsin, oh, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of train yeah. wreck factors. And that's prime time too, is it not? It is. Also a yeah. 6.30 game. Just seeing the Badgers back on the field. Finally, maybe getting seeing to Graham Mertz, Mertz again. Yeah. And doing it against Michigan, who has been so uneven this season. That's the one for me. All right, boys. We're out of time. Bama, we'll talk same time on Friday. Thank you. All right, guys. Look forward to it. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bama Bob. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bama Bob, as we talk uh, a little college football here on a Monday. We'll take a time out. Before we do that, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword BANK to 200. 200 right now. Chance to win $1,000. BANK to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hey, Dave Sprout from KSI standing by to uh, uh, recap the Iowa State victory over Baylor. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KX and 0-106 by NHTSA. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you until noon. Mr. Monday Night's got a pick coming up before we get out of here. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State for KASI on 1430 on the Your AM dial. And uh, as I was listening to the beginning of the broadcast on Saturday night, went to pick up dinner with for the family in. So missed, I don't know, first couple minutes of the game. But all of a sudden, listened to Brent Bloom yes. on the call for the game. And he mentions Dave Sproul helping out in the booth. So Dave, you got to fill us in. What was your game day gig and, and the change from what you're normally doing, sitting in your media seat? What you get to do on Saturday night? Yeah, so I was the, the engineer uh, at the stadium for the Cyclone Radio Network for Saturday because everybody kind of got bumped up a little bit right, after John, John Walters yeah. uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So Brent Bloom, who hosts uh, pregame and halftime and also is the engineer for uh, most uh, every game, uh, he got bumped up to do the play-by-play and he did a terrific job as I expected him to. And uh, so they called me in from the bullpen to handle the engineering duties and a couple segments at the halftime and, you know, just uh, pitch in wherever I can. Yeah, it seems like uh, Bloomy is the uh, heir apparent once John does walk away. And not, no surprise that he did do uh, a terrific job. Well, let's get to what um, uh, what, what transpired, Dave. It was really a tale of two halves, I thought. I mean, Purdy just stunk the joint out on Saturday in the first half. Those three interceptions that he threw, two of them were just, oh my God. Now, the first one, I'll cut him a little slack because he couldn't follow through the ball that was intended for skates that was picked off by the guy that had the club on his hand. Uh, he really couldn't follow through on that one. So you cut him some slack there, but the other two. But then, you know what? Uh, short memory, right? And that's what you have to have. Uh, he came out and he looked like a different quarterback in the second half. Yeah, I'm, I might be less forgiving than you, I guess, Ken, because I, I don't think he should have thrown that pass at all, and I think he needs to take that. The pass is that deep. He needs to take those just out of the game altogether because they have not worked out well for him so far this season. The more intermediate stuff, I mean, the, the touchdown pass to Kohler, you know, that's pushing it downfield a little bit, but that's not quite the same kind of deep pass that resulted in the interception. Uh, I'd say the first and the, the third 
interceptions were bad decisions, and the second one was just a, an errant uh, off-target uh, pass that resulted in in a touch or a, a, an interception off the deflection. Uh, and one of the great things about Brock Purdy, though, is that he does have that short memory. He's always looking to the next play and, and thinking about what to do to, to make it better. And, you know, once he, he talked about it after the game, too, he just he played within himself. He didn't take as many chances with a deep ball to the throw to Kohler on the TD. I mean, he was just wide open there. That's a no-brainer. Uh, and once he started doing that and making sure he just he didn't take those risks, then he played a much better game within himself, was more efficient, and, of course, you know, he was able to piggyback off the success that we've seen out of Brees Hall week in and week out. Can I say this? You know, his touchdown pass to Chase Allen mm-hmm. um, between the corner and a closing safety, that, there were, that ball was thrown, I mean, on a line. That was one of his better passes uh, of the night. So he anyways. has those moments, but it's still the inconsistency. You know, a year ago at this time, he didn't play well in November, and it was, well, it was the ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Have we, with Brees Hall, you have a stud. I mean, arguably the best running back in the country and statistically the best. You have a plus defense on that side. Is it is it time to just maybe reconfigure exactly what we think of Brock Purdy as a quarterback? He's a solid player, but he's not an elite Big 12 quarterback. I don't think he is either. I think you're right. I think he is, you know, solid, and that's about what you need right now. When you have a running game, you have a running back as effective as Brees Hall, you don't need to be anything spectacular. You don't need to try to carry the whole team on your back, and it's it's good in a way that you have a guy who wants to do that and is willing to do that, but the risks he's taking have not resulted in the reward you want uh, in those situations, and the fact that you know all he has to do is push the ball up 10, 15, maybe 20 yards upfield from time to time, and maybe run it himself a little bit more to counter you know, the running game of, of Brees Hall and try to keep the defenses off balance. I mean, there's it, it became a dirty word for a while in the world of quarterbacking, but being a game manager yeah. is pretty much exactly what Iowa State needs him to be right now. Yeah, and when he did take off, uh, especially in the second half, I mean, he made some game-changing plays uh, at times in that. So, yeah, so good for Purdy with the short memory. But I'm I'm with you guys. Just some of those passages make you scratch your head. But a lot of positive moments in that game. And, again, Campbell brought it up after the football game. I think he's now uh, said that Kane Nwongo has really changed three football games. And this past Saturday with that kickoff return, this team needed a spark in the worst way. And he provided it again. And to Campbell's way of thinking, that's the third time he's done so this year. Yeah, I think that, that kick return against Baylor was similar to the one against Oklahoma where he's, he's in the end zone and I'm thinking, oh, don't take it out. What do you take it, you take it to the 25-yard line and he ends up cracking a long one and setting up a touchdown for Iowa State. So, yeah, those, those can be huge. And, you know, we have talked about how Iowa State's special teams haven't been exactly great and they've given up some things, but you got to give them credit where it's due, too, because there was some really excellent blocking on that long return mm-hmm. for Nuangu, and he's able to take advantage with that tremendous speed of his. And, and, and you know, special teams also had a huge impact late in the game, too, with that blocked punt. So uh, give that special teams unit some credit. And, yep. uh, you know, we've been, we've been harping on them, but they got the, the job done with the long kick return and the blocked punt in that game. Mike Rose, he is tied for the lead in solo tackles. He has three interceptions on the year, 11 tackles Saturday night, seven of them solo, mm-hmm. two quarterback hurries, one and a half tackles for loss, and the game-winning interception. This dude that was committed to Ball State, <laughs> what a find out of Campbell and company. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's 
kind of become the defensive equivalent, or maybe he has been. He might have been the standard before Brees Hall came along, and that you just kind of expect a high level of play. You almost take it for granted that week in and week out, he's going to be making tackles. He's going to be making plays. The interceptions really do stand out because those are very high-profile, game-changing plays, and he had this spectacular, really, effort against TCU, and then had a key uh, interception against Oklahoma State, and then uh, to seal it for Iowa State in that game against Baylor the other night. Uh, just uh, you know, it's just another day at the office for Mike Rose, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how many more days there are in the office, boys, the way he's playing. And this is his third year, and I think that Mike Rose is going to have a decision to make uh, once that comes to the end. You know what I loved about uh, Haycock's uh, adjustments in the second half? And he's my guy. I mean, I love Tavon Kyle. And he had a great pick in the football game. That was a heady play uh, and a big play at the time. But he got beat a couple of times. I mean, Snead is a really good player for Baylor. uh, But he had a couple of steps on Kyle. And one that was overthrown by Charlie Brewer could have been worse. But Johnson and Kyle switched things up. Haycock switched things up in that second half. And Johnson, for the most part, uh, shut down a very good receiver in the second half in Sneed. Yeah, you know, you're not going to sneak too many things by John Haycock. So uh, if he sees a mismatch, he's going to do something about it. And he certainly did. Anthony Johnson, has, I think, has played at a NFL caliber level great. this yep. season. He's been really impressive. Uh, so, you know, getting and matching him up against the best receiver for the other team seems like a, a no-brainer at this point. And uh, that just makes everything more solid all the way around in that secondary. I still have some concerns there. I have, I've expressed that all season. Yeah. Uh, there was an occasion where a couple occasions where those guys got beaten. You know, part of it was Lawrence White slipping on that long touchdown right. run or touchdown pass for Baylor. But nonetheless, I mean, Anthony Johnson is a guy who's like, he, he's going to take care of his business. You don't really have to worry about him. Wasarike, the uh, the sack of Brewer with one hand, it just dude's absolutely nuts. And I was looking at the PFF grades, and they lined up with I, what I saw. Probably his best game of the season, and one of the best of his career. He was outstanding, and mm-hmm. the defensive line as a whole played really Isaiah, well. Isaiah Lee, likewise, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Lee, I you know I don't think I've heard his name too much this season, but he's kind of filling in some of that Ray Lima type yep. role where your job is basically to clog up the middle there, occupy one or two blockers and open things up for the other defensive linemen or the linebackers to come in and fill the gaps, make some tackles. Uh, but he really made his presence felt. And Raza Wike, I think that that sack showed his strength. He was just able to get a hand on Charlie Brewer, got a little bit of the jersey, just enough to tug on that and throw him off balance and, and send him to the turf. And that really shows you kind of his strength. I think Will McDonald you know, also has that, that kind of ability. Zach Peterson has some of that too. So uh, things are, have been really clicking for that defensive line pretty much all season, and, and they've done a tremendous job. You know, what is it between these two teams? Baylor and Iowa State seem to be, that's a chippy football game the last three times, including this one, it's been played. Last time Baylor was here, the, I think it was last time, was it not that the university police were on oh, the yeah. field breaking up the fight? With Montgomery, and, right? Uh, yeah, and then last yeah. year, the situation uh, with the sun and the heat, no, you, you guys aren't allowed to have any, uh, uh, you know, shade. Right. Uh, and and the TV cameras didn't show that, Dave. You were there. Was it chippy, you know, after whistles, more more so than maybe some of the other games? These two seem have a, a genuine hate for each other. Yeah, I think more. Uh, I think I saw more of that for this game than any other game for Iowa State this season. And I, I think, you know, if you ask Iowa State people, they'll probably tell you, not publicly or loudly, but that part of that is dates back to Matt Rule. Uh, and his coaching tenure at Baylor. And, you know, that, that guy, I, I thought he did a tremendous job there, yeah, both recruiting too. and scheming. Uh, but he did have, he's the kind of guy who had a little chip on his shoulder, and I think he passed that on to his guys that they weren't going to 
you know, they might instigate more than react. And uh, uh, Iowa State's kind of in a place now where they're not going to just let that kind of thing slide. So they're going to mix it up a little bit. And there's some more memories around, I'm sure. So, you know, it, it, yeah, it got a little chippy. Luckily, nothing got out of hand. We didn't have a situation like uh, two seasons ago with that uh, that fight involving David Montgomery with all the ejections and benches clearing and all that. But uh, that might be something to watch for in, in future seasons. I think David Aranda, with, he's such a very different personality than Matt Rule. He's such a low-key guy that, you know, that might dissipate in the years to come. We'll see how, how long he sticks around there. But um, I think, uh, yeah, there there is something between in the history of these two teams recently that just lends itself to some short fuses, I guess. Yeah, really. Uh, last thing, anything come out of the uh, teleconference that you were listening into with Matt Campbell earlier? Any news at all, Dave? That, you know, he might have let slip a little bit something on the injury front because uh, he was asked about the offensive line and how well they played, you know, down a couple of guys. And he mentioned, you know, uh, the, and I, he without mentioning it by name Trevor Downing and right. Joey Ramos, he kind of let slip a phrase of being out for the season mm. and then kind of course corrected that and said, well, there, there is some hope that they can uh, return at the tail end of things, as he put it. So yeah. maybe those guys will last two, three weeks of the season, we'll see, can can get some time on the field. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, we'll take that with a grain of salt and see how things work out. Yeah, he just refuses to let on. I mean, there's Cyclone fans holding out hope Tariq Milton's coming back, and that certainly doesn't seem to be the case. And you know what? Jake Remsburg's a kid who's caught my attention mm-hmm. playing in place of Ramos at the right tackle position. Dave, we're out of time. Great stuff. It's a bye week. Uh, if something pops up, we'll grab you Friday. If not, we'll talk to you a week from today. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Sounds great. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KASI in Ames, 1430 on the AM dial. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like Downing was in a boot. Um, Ramos, yeah, Campbell slipped up a little bit. That's not like him. Anyways, Mr. Monday Night has a pick. Boy, this is a stinker. Jets and the Patriots. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be good. Yes. After not being entertained last night, you're going to be entertained tonight. All right. Well, I'm anxious to hear. Mr. Monday Night will tell you why. We'll uh, hear from him next. Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes of my Monday program here on 1460 KXNO. Monday Night Football tonight. It's the Patriots and their two wins. It's the Jets and, well, they're no wins. But it's football and we will watch. And who will we bet, Mr. Monday Night? Mr. Monday Night has uh, climbed his way to 500 and he's got a banger for you tonight. Take the Jets and the 10 points. Is the number 10? 10. And uh, Mr. Monday Night says sprinkle just a, just a touch on that money line. Why not at 10? Look, the Jets are going to... Well, maybe they aren't. But this seems like there's not a lot of spots left on their schedule to find a win. That's true. This seems like this is might be one of them. Stephon Gilmore is not going to play, right? Mm. Uh, is Darnold in or out? I think he's... I hadn't seen anything officially yet. I'm not sure if he's going to answer the bell. That means we're going to get the Joe Flacco experience. Oh, beautiful. Uh, That's where my money's going to be behind tonight. Joe Flacco. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm still. Okay. I'm going to stick with it. Grab the Jets at the ten points. Sam Pittman. We talked about Arkansas's mm-hmm. head coach has come down with COVID. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oof. That um, matchup with Florida, which I was really Sergio looking Garcia forward to. Garcia out. Yeah, out of the Masters. Masters it's Masters COVID. week, isn't it? It feels so weird. It does. 
It's not normal. No. Of course Are you not. excited for it, though? No. You're not. See, I am. Are you? I really, really am, yeah. It's college football season. Going to make it difficult. No, look at Thursday during the day and Friday during the day. That's great. All in. And then, how about they take two days off and then play it Monday, Tuesday? You know what? That's not a crazy thing. I mean, it's really not. Good luck against the NFL on Sunday in college yeah. football on Sunday. We'll see. We'll talk to Matt Rudy, our buddy from Golf Digest, and a Michigan State alum. I'm sure he'll want to join us, but maybe he needs a little time between Saturday yeah, yeah. and our appearance with him. Murph and Andy will be here at 2, the Fanatics at 4. It's a Monday, which means the Iowa State Coaches Show goes tonight, I would assume, at 6.30. Uh, morning rush tomorrow at 6. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3.